So that's the thing about true born-again Christians. And that is the thing about... Just use that right there. Use that. Christianity. True Christianity. And this is why I believe it is crucial and very important for pastors to start a program in their churches. I'm talking about true. You need to go ahead and go ahead and take those off. Uh, and start a class as a part of their discipleship program uh, in church history. Uh, I, I believe that's one of the most important things uh, even if you want revival and an awakening is to go back and study church history uh, with the Bible as the foundation and the guide Uh, because I believe that people, people in the church today, pardon me, and people of the world have forgotten what it means to be a Christian. This is why some people got together and decided on a political term called evangelical. Well, evangelical takes out the name Christ. Why? Because the name Christ is offensive to the governments of the world. Not all, but many. Uh, and some who founded their nations on Christ, but over time have become uh, more anti-Christ. There are countries that have the cross on their flag, but uh, they don't obey Christ. This is why Jesus said when he was here, Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? He was really saying, Why call ye me God, God, and you don't do the things I say? Contrary to what Andy Stanley, uh, the heretic Andy Stanley teaches, God, when Jesus Christ came, he did not come to do away with the law. He backed up the law because he is God. And, to, and true born-again Christians have no problem obeying all of the law. Because, because see, this is, the, this is the thing. This is the wonderful thing that God... Let me tell you something. You think Elon Musk is a genius. God gave him his genius. 
God gave it to him. So if God gave that to him and to Bezos and to Zuckerberg and the man who founded uh, uh, Apple, you, you must understand, God gave them the ability to see things and and not only see what could be done, but to map it out on what needs to be done once the initial creation is done. God gives people the ability to see. Okay. So, stop thinking that God is dumb. That's stupid thinking. God is, God is a... God is the greatest genius in the universe, man. Everything you see comes from God. You wonder why Alexa can talk to you almost like a person? God. They're, they're, these, these geniuses on earth, they're just trying to duplicate what God has already done. See, when God made the universe... He spoke it into existence, already knowing how it would sustain itself. The genius of God putting the seed in the male, uh, the man, the human being, and the seed in the male animal to implant it through the pleasure and joy of sex, the super pleasure and joy. The world is going crazy over sex because God made it so wonderfully and it has helped to replenish the earth. Last count, what, seven billion people? If, I don't know how they know that. The, the genius of putting the seed in the man and you don't have to go out and try to create some uh, through sex. That, that, that's genius. That's that's. Beyond man's ability to even think, why you're gonna you're gonna disrespect God and think he's a, an old man upstairs that does not know what's going on? You've lost your righteous mind if you ever had a righteous mind. I don't know what you're talking about. God, Elon Musk has little genius compared to God Almighty. And Jesus Christ was God and is God in the flesh. Genius. See, this is why we can't get over God. You can't get past God. You can't get past Jesus Christ. This whole thing is absolutely amazing. That's why they say it is the greatest story ever told. Because it never gets old. Even though it's an old, old story. It is new every day. And I want to challenge every preacher who's born again to preach it every day. I know you love your relaxation and your baseball games. And, and this has been the best, I, I have to say, the little bit I have seen. I don't even watch four games anymore. I'm too busy. Uh, and see, this is, what, this is what God will do to you if you serve him like you're supposed to. He'll make his work more enjoyable than sitting down watching a football game or a baseball game. But I will say from the highlights... This has been the best baseball season ever, from what I gather.
and my boy Steph Curry lit it up last night against the hapless Lakers. They just need to quit right now. They're going to have another losing season. One of the commentators said that uh, King, they call him King James, James, whatever his name is, uh, LeBron James. I'm not a fan. Uh, one of the one of the commentators said he needs to stop doing all of this podcasting and and and, and practice on the basketball court because they look terrible. And I've never seen LeBron James pick his nails on the sideline like you know that's ridiculous. I'm just talking to you right now. I guess this is my monologue. But do not underestimate God, man. That's that's not that's ridiculous. Don't do that. God has done some things and God is doing some things and God will do some things that's gonna blow your mind. He's nobody to play with. You can't outlast God. You can't beat God. You can't get around God and you can't get over God. See, that's the thing you need to remember with your smart self, your slick self. Uh, that God knows what you're going to do. He knows what you're doing. And he knows what you're about to do and, uh, and what you have done. He knows it all. He is nobody to play with. He is nobody to trifle with, man, woman. You up here trying to keep secrets. God already knows all your all of your secrets, and you don't. If you don't confess them and repent of them, He's going to reveal them to the whole world. Ladies and gentlemen, therefore, I'm here this morning. Because I don't want to have to try to do this and preach the Wednesday night service tonight as I have done in the past few weeks. And so, um, I thank God for allowing me to be here. I love being here in the morning. Uh, it's just that most of the people who come, they come at night. Um... Uh, they like the night service better. I I, I like the morning services better. Uh, but I have to go with and preach the gospel to the people. People are working. People are trying to work. Even at home, they, they're busy. They got a camera on them. Now that's something. Watching whether or not they are working or they laying down, uh, lying down on the couch watching television. The boss is watching you, and you can get fired if you're not at that desk doing your job. So don't be trying to watch it, watch me, and do your job, cause they can hear me too. And they might pipe in and say, "Now, who is that preaching hard like that? Who is that? Is that your guru?" Well, we cannot have him. Uh, in the office like this he's upsetting me anyway it is so good to be here with you by the grace of God
ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior and our soon coming King, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family and among friends. And to the standing between the living and the dead, prayer, devotional, memorial, family, evangelistic service. And do you, do you know the most difficult part, the hardest part of all that we do in this service? You would think it would be the easiest part because I've been preaching the gospel as an evangelist for 43 years. But the devil fights that part more than all of the other parts. He fights the whole thing. Uh, especially the prayer part, family part, the uh, devotional part as we call it, the Bible, re the Bible reading part, he fights all of that, praying for people. Intercessory prayer, that probably be the next part he fights the most. But the devil, I'm telling you, the hardest part of this service is preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I have family members who claim to be Christians and friends who are mad as fire at me, so-called family members and friends, because I preach the gospel every day and I preach the word every day. Now when they come at you like that, which is demonic, my friends, when they come at you like that, you know that God is doing something in the world through your preaching and your teaching. You know that. When they hate it, why would you hate prayer? Why would you hate the Bi uh, reading of the Bible? Why would you hate the preaching of the Bible, teaching of the Bible? Why would you hate the gospel being preached? Why would you hate the preaching and teaching on the family to make the family work better? like it's supposed to work. Why would you hate intercessory prayer? You know why? Because you're obviously, obviously lost and demon-possessed. Only the devil can make you hate that. My children have witnessed this. I have witnessed this since I have been married to my wife, Marika White. She will never say it because uh, hypocrites and people who are lost and who are tares, they will never say it with their mouth around true blue Christians. But they show it. They can't help it because the devil uses them. And, 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 and uh, uh, for 34 years, my wife has been a thorn in the flesh. The devil has used her because she's not saved. Has used her before the services and sometimes even during the services and there are some preachers out there who are doing the work for God and they they know this is true they have tried to cover it up they try they have tried to hide it you know because that's what sweet evangelicals have been taught you cover all of that up you hide all of that you don't you don't even recognize the devil especially my charismatic brothers you don't even recognize the devil they're the ones who came up with this foolishness don't give the devil any credit uh, i'm not giving the devil any credit but somebody is fighting me as god told me and told you in the bible there's a real devil who's trying to hinder the gospel from getting out.
Now, m most times she she does not she will not do anything in the services. Let me take that back. Uh, she well she she did it before the services, but she was uh, slightly do it during the services. Anyway, uh, you say, well, preacher, why are you why why are you bring bringing this up? Why are you, why are you so mad at you? I'm not mad at my wife at all. You know why? Because I've always seen it as not uh, wrestling with flesh and blood, and and you need to do the same thing in your marriage and family, and in your church. You need to see that the devil is behind that. I know it's hard to get it. And to understand it but what my wife has done to try to hinder the services before the services even to this day she does not want me to get up here and preach and a few times she has said as much a few times maybe four or five times she has said as much she learned not to say things like that to me because I will say it in the pulpit, what the devil told her to say. See? And what I am doing, I'm trying to help other pastors and preachers who have to deal with the same thing. I know there are thousands of pastors who have to deal with the same thing. They'll lie about it. They'll cover it up and call her a sweet thing when she's probably uh, a she-devil. See? The devil is using her. See? That, that's why we hear about these blow-ups and... We got one of the one of the other thing. You know, I'm pastors be having little girlfriends on the side. Some I know of a pastor who he would not dare have sex with a woman, but everybody in the church knew this was his second wife. He just said, like the Alabama woman said it, he loved it, that woman. I don't know why they say it like that, but you you met some folks who talk like that. They sweet as they could be. And for some reason, they got to add two syllables to the word loved or love. Okay. They're sweet as they can be. And you don't say anything about it when they, oh, I love it, that man. I love it. I love. This pastor loved this woman. He's a, upright. I mean, you know, if you see him, he's immaculately dressed, respected among the brethren. But his secretary was his, his girlfriend without sex. Because he would not do that. He wasn't crazy. And everybody in the church knew. And even called her secretly. His second wife. His church wife is what they call her. You know why many men get caught up with that? Because they got witches at home. See Spurgeon dealt with this. No one he prayed morning and evening. <laughs> We don't hear too much about his wife. Uh, but he he said this. He said there are some wives who are angels in the church and devils at home. My wife's been like that for 34 years. Don't be shocked. John Wesley's wife was a she-devil. He, 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 he shook up the world. He and his brother both. I've been to their houses and to the churches in England and everything. And, and when I visited John Wesley's church, there was a lady there. She was quick to tell me. Uh, and I don't know, an older lady who, you know, they kind of give you a tour and all of that. I went to John Wesley's church and, and uh, she just blurted out like it was not even part of the script. 
that his wife was a devil. I'm telling you, she he, she was terrible. They, I mean, they had a terrible marriage. But on the other hand, Charles and his wife had a great marriage. I went to his little his apartment that he his wife lived and children lived, and um, uh, and you know what's common between John and Charles? They had a wonderful mother, like Billy Graham's wife who had the ability to raise the children by herself while John, I mean, while her husband was out there preaching and pastoring. And they went through some tribulations too, buddy. Uh, I went to the area where the house was burned down and, and John and Charles almost died. They shook up, those two brothers shook up the world because of their mother. Their mother was great. That's a fact. And it, and it, and I, I dare you to go and and uh, and they're turning over in their graves now because the Methodist Church is acting very stupid with this uh, accepting of homosexuality. John would never accept no foolishness like that, nor Charles. And what a combination they were! They shook up the world and blessed the church primarily because of God using their mother Susanna. What a woman! What a woman, man! And they went, they went through some tribulations and troubles and trials and temptations and tests and so on. I mean, big time. Uh, her husband was, they didn't want him to preach in the church anymore. And uh, uh, Charles had a wonderful wife and wonderful marriage. Not John. John caught hell from his wife. That's just, just the reality. Man. And so did Billy Sunday. He he had a Jezebel, <laughs> and you might well. And most of these things are not talked about or found out until people are dead. You know, I, I think it's time now to just go ahead and say it, okay? Because you, you'll help many other people. You may not. You may not get any help because that's your thorn in the flesh, and God's not going to take it away, okay? But uh, other people can get some help. They can get some courage. And encouragement to fight on and understand that it's the devil, not 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 your wife, not your spouse. It's, your, it's the devil behind her. And once you understand that, then you can make it. And you can stay married for 34 years with great joy, as I have done, by God's grace. You say, well, preacher, have you, haven't you been miserable having a wife so devilish? Not at all. And this, this, she marvels at that. I, am, I have never been. I've enjoyed my marriage 100%. Because one thing that she uh, has not done that like some of you, you refrigerator wives do. Is she has never tried to use sex and holding back on sex from me. Because that's the main thing I got married for. I just got to have it. And, uh, and I thank God, you know, she's hot-blooded from Jamaica, so she does not have a problem with that. And I thank God for that. Because, see, that's a big, big, that's a big thing in, in marriage, people. No, don't get mad at me because I talk about it. The Bible talks about it. Song of Solomon goes very deeply into it. In fact, if you want to get, get in the mood, just read, just read this. I mean, that's one portion of the Bible you can read and get in the mood. And even be thinking about while you're in the, in the words of Dr. Tim LaHaye, the act of marriage. You can think about the Song of Solomon. Yes, you can. 
and it won't it won't kill your it won't kill your energy at all Mm-mm. in fact some of those words will come to your mind while you're in the act of marriage it's called the act of marriage because married people bonafide not divorced and remarried because you're committing adultery even when you're not having sex, you're living in adultery in God's, in God's sight, in Jesus' sight. Jesus made it very clear. See? And that's one of the reasons why I thank God my wife and I stayed married. And we're now in our, what they call, empty nest. So as the uh, white folks say, if you see this thing rocking, don't come a knocking. Don't don't become bothering me. Particularly her in-laws with their foolishness. Don't come knocking and bothering me, man. We're busy, and you are not busy because you ran away. Your husband raising hell with your husband. You don't have a man, and got a low-cut haircut, looking like a lesbian. And no man wants you, and you want to come bother me and my wife, man. Get out of here. And I told him that. I, I don't don't come by me. In fact, you don't even have to come to my funeral. Mm -mm. If you don't love me in life, and you don't support me and stand with me in life as I preach the gospel, don't come to my funeral. Let me at least rest in peace at the funeral. Oh, black folks in the South saying, I can't believe he's saying that. It's, that's because you believe family is everything. Family is not everything. Not when it comes to Christ, my friend. He made it very clear. He'd rather, have, he, he'd rather for you to have a distant relationship like that where it's not a warm and f fuzzy and all of that and be tight with him than be tight with his, your, your family and not do what he tells you to do. And if they're not willing to believe in Jesus Christ and repent of their whoredom and repent of their adultery and fornication and having a Bo Peep on the side, a maintenance man, or having a Sylvia, or they're homosexuals or lesbians or whatever they are, they're not, two can't walk together unless they be agreed, my friend. Their family's not worth a flip if, they, if they're doing that. And they mocking and... The fact that you're preaching the gospel every day. They don't see the importance of that. And the significance of that. And the reason why they hate it is because they hate what I preach. I preach against their sins. That's on both sides of the family. And they don't like it. In the church and out of the church. So you get tight with Jesus. And family can come uh, or not come. That's, that's between them and God. <clears throat> and I thank God for those who are saved, love Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit of God, and believe what Jesus Christ said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you're not with that verse right there, we can't be together. We can't be on one accord. No, I have no interest in going to a family reunion. No, I do not have my family, my immediate family and I, we enjoyed Thanksgiving big time. Pardon me.
And I'm going to enjoy it again this year. I can't wait. I might have to buy my turkey right now because it's going to be a hundred plus dollars. And I and you know last year I bought a special turkey. I mean big time, man. God bless me with a little money. I believe my daughter Danny sent me some money or something. And uh, there was a turkey. There's a turkey sold at at one store in this town. It comes in a box. It's so good, it comes in a box. And I went and got me one. But I won't be getting one this year. I'll be getting, I probably won't even get a Butterball this year. I, I might just get one of Kroger's, I mean, the Walmart specials. What, what is great? Great value. Walmart be having some good, great value stuff for the poor people. Yes, I might give me a great value turkey. Yeah, I, I, yes, sir. And they be tasting good too. Once you hook it up right, it be tasting good. And uh, man, in the past, I've gotten turkeys for six, seven, eight dollars at Walmart. Because see, during Thanksgiving, uh, we probably won't do that now. My children probably will do it. Uh, we, we can. I mean, during Thanksgiving time, which lasts in our house about two weeks at least. It used to last from Thanksgiving all the way through January the 10th. But I stopped doing that a long time ago. But we can put away some turkeys as a family, Jack. I mean, one turkey is done. I mean, that's going to be done in one day. And then we go get another, we get another turkey. And then that, we're going to hook that up. And we'll cook it in different ways. First turkey is normally the bacon wrapped turkey. That'll make your tongue slap your brain out your head. Seriously. Most people can't. If you're over 50, you got some blood pressure issues, you can't deal with it. You can only take a slice. That's all. That you can't you can't get down with it. But that is our traditional turkey. We learned it from the White House. And the bacon is pork. We're not talking about, you can't put, listen to me, people. Look at me. Don't do stupid things like putting turkey bacon on top of the turkey. That, that's not going to get it. It's got to be pork. You know, if you want to avoid pork, which you should. But it's not going to taste like it should. Without the pork bacon wrapped around it. You can get beef bacon. But please don't put turkey bacon on top of the turkey. That's that's a sin, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, and it's smothered with onions and garlic and all kinds of good stuff. Then we do a fried turkey. No, a smoked turkey. Now we're talking. Okay, we have done the fried turkey in the past, but it's just such a mess. I don't have time to deal with it. And I, 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 I we don't like to do dangerous things. We learn our lesson about that and then a roasted turkey it all tastes good uh, I, I, my family has always heard me say I don't know why we don't eat turkey year round because it tastes so good but right now the turkey is going to be a hundred dollars if you get a butterball it's going to be a hundred dollars by Thanksgiving
So you better go ahead and get what you're going to get. Um, you better go ahead and get what you're going to get. Get it now. Put it in the freezer. I think, uh, give me that right there. Just, just pour it out and, and use this right here. So I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. But I do want you to understand this inflation, buddy, is for real. Okay, so you need to calm down and you, things that you love so much. You got to stop buying some of those things. You're going to have to discipline yourself. I don't care if you're rich. You got to, you got to, man. You got to calm down. You can't buy everything like you used to, or you'll be poor. Uh, I suggest that you get some beans and some rice. Go to the bean aisle and get you some protein that way. It'd be better for you too, especially you people who have high blood pressure. And you people who have uh, uh, diabetes, go get you some brown rice, not white rice. I know the white rice tastes better, but it's not better for you. Get you some lentils. And always get you some split peas. Use that around the edge. Right here, use that. Always get some split peas. That right there has healing by itself. And if you're good at it, make you some, some split pea soup. You don't need to put any bacon in it. You don't need to put, put any hog jaws in it. That's why you have diabetes, because we were raised on that. And that's, why, that's why we got diabetes, we got high blood pressure. Because we always, we had the vegetables, it was good. But it always had some pork in it. And it was good, it tastes better with pork. There's no doubt about it, but uh, leave the pork out. Because you can't even afford it now, anyway. Most of you. you can, when you go in the grocery store now, you hear people hissing and cussing at the prices on things. And, and and hundreds of people go, they used to buy things and their mind is fixed and they come to the cash register and they always got to leave something behind because they just count it wrong. But go to the bean aisle, load up on some dry beans. Not canned beans, canned beans have shot up too. The dry beans have pretty much been maintained, you know, in their price range. They have not gone up that much. So go ahead and load up on the dry beans. Get your turkey now. And enjoy yourself. And how many, how many of you have learned to enjoy vegetables? Get you some frozen vegetables. Now, the frozen vegetables have gone up some. Maybe... 
But how many have you? How many of you have ever had just a bowl of frozen vegetables? I mean, they're frozen, but they're good, huh? For a meal. How many have you done that? Raise your hand. Hmm. And and if you can get a little butter, I, I'm not talking about no margarine and some made up stuff. But man, some real butter from Ireland. Can you afford that? That has not gone up that much. I say get, get yourself some real butter from Ireland. Real butter. Good for you, butter. You pop that on there. Get you some, if, you're not, if you don't have high blood pressure. And this is better for you than salt. Get you some Bragg Aminos. Some of you folks don't know what I'm talking about. I'm going to get my wife to give me my Bragg. Show you. I think I'll show you to you once. Get you some Bragg Aminos. It sounds healthy, so, you know, and it tastes good. And to me, it tastes better than the salt. I've been, I've been using this for years. I got it from the health food store. It's better than soy sauce. Here it is right here, Bragg Aminos. I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm not getting a dime. I should. I need to contact these people. I've used it enough. They ought to make, let me invest or something. This is what you look for. It's going to be in there. Go ahead. It's going to be in the seasoning section. It might you might see some soy sauce beside it. If it if it has too much sodium in it for you, three, ten milligrams. If that's too much for you, they have another one that is made out of uh, coconut I believe now it, that has a little sweet taste to it this right here is the real deal you sh and you don't use this bottle you don't be like my children do they just pour it on you, know. you don't do that you got to get that spray bottle okay get that spray bottle I got my spray bottle right here and that's what you do right there it will bring out the taste better than salt right here and you use this on all of your seasoning except I mean all of your food except for uh, without I mean instead of salt okay and it, like I said if the sodium I'm trying to help you if the sodium is a little bit too much for you because you have you have high blood pressure and high blood pressure will kill you look at me real good you understand High blood pressure will, you can go to bed at night and you'll be dead in the morning if you don't get that blood pressure under control. Thousands of people die from high blood pressure, especially black folk. Okay, so deal with that. You can be walking and talking and drop dead with that right there. Okay, uh, get the coconut kind. The coconut kind, it tastes good. But it has a little bit sweeter taste to it, and that's not what I want on my turkey and my and my chicken and what my and my whatnot, my vegetables. But get yourself some. Go to Kroger's and get you some fresh vegetables. They're a little bit higher grade than Walmart. Better yet, if you live in Texas, if you're blessed to live in Texas, go to H-E-B. H-E-B is a store that they're. The products, their their uh, products that have 
their name on it tastes, tastes just as good, if not better, than what the other brands taste like. And let me hip you to something. Let me teach you how to eat like the Queen. Queen Elizabeth did this. Bless your heart. Now this will rock your world. If you can eat eggs. If you like eggs. I'm not a big egg man. But I follow what the queen did. And I never thought of this before. Now I have had fish and grits. And eggs for breakfast. My mom is the best at that. The best in the world at cooking that. There ain't nothing like the Apalachicola seafood. With shrimp so so fresh and so wonderful you can see that when you fry it up with the batter you can still see the orange coming through you can't see that in any place else in the world unless they like Appalachia Dakota Florida the seafood capital of Florida and really probably the nation I don't know there's nothing like that fish down there in seafood so she would have fish shrimp and oysters oysters with grits and eggs. But I never thought about this. And I want to hip you to this. Especially you folks who live in Texas. Uh, and you uh, can go to H-E-B. Here's the first place I want you to walk to. Go get you some smoked salmon. Which is good for you. You hear me? And uh, get you some. Eggs that. What they call free range. Real eggs you know. Preferably brown. Like the Queen, Queen Elizabeth II. And you got yourself something. You fix your eggs the way you like them. And you, and don't, you don't have to cook the salmon. It's already cooked. H-E-B brand salmon. You don't need to get no, any fancy brands. They got it going on. They have different flavors. But I, I want to encourage you to get the um, Scottish. That's what the Queen ate. Scottish smoked salmon. And once your eggs get almost done, you, you that clean part of the pan, and not too clean, but it's got a little egg, egg stuff going on right there, and got a little butter in there. Butter, not oil, butter. Huh? Put a little brag on it, a little pepper, black pepper, and you toss that salmon in that frying pan. Now you're eating like the queen. Queen Elizabeth II, or... Queen Elizabeth the Great. I lie not to you. So all of you Plano people, all of you McKinney people who will be going to H-E-B and standing in line for 14 days to get in, go there first because it's going to be gone. People who know how to eat breakfast, salmon eggs, which I never thought of until I heard about the Queen doing that. Salmon, I said, man, that what? Who, who would even think of something like that? And I tried it, and uh, it's very good. Now you don't, like I said, the salmon is sliced thin; it's already cooked. You just want to warm it up, so you add that to at the end, my beloved, and you'll be blessed and get you some high-quality coffee. You're good to go. Anyway, I just thought I'd try to help you with some things. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, 
brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family, and once again, standing, the standing between the living and the dead, uh, family members. This is Daniel White the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House daily reading of the chronological Bible episode number 653 where I simply read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day by the grace of God in chronological order. This unique viewpoint, this unique standpoint, this unique uh, arrangement of the Holy Scriptures allows us to read the whole Bible as a single true story and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history, the present and the future. Today, my beloved, we are reading 1 Kings chapter 21, I'm sorry, 1 Kings chapter 1, and we're actually going to read 21 through 31, and then we'll pick up reading from there, if the Lord tarries his coming, and I don't die between now and then, the next day, tomorrow, if the Lord tarries his coming and we live. 21 through 31, 1 Kings chapter 1, verses 21 through 31, shall we pray. Holy Father God, hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Holy Father God, as you know, I don't deserve to have lived for 62 years. Uh, I thought I would be dead a long time ago by now. And so, Lord, I praise you and I thank you for allowing me to be here and allowing me to fulfill the purpose that you gave me uh, in multiple ways. Holy Father God, I thank you for the people on Facebook 1, Facebook 2, and Facebook 3. Uh, the Daniel White III Facebook, Gospelite Society Facebook, BCNN1 Facebook. Thank you for allowing us to be live on BCNN1. Thank you, Lord, for all of my children setting me up uh, uh, in a perfect manner. And in a perfect way, Lord, this is the result of their hard work down through the years for me to be able and in this position to continue to preach the gospel. <clears throat> Lord, first for many years, almost, uh, I guess, 20 years plus, uh, Lord, the old-fashioned way, which had been done for hundreds of years, traveling around the world and preaching the gospel live to audiences 
I never thought, Lord, as you know, that I would be able to preach to the entire world at one time, live and on demand and in multiple other ways. That's you giving man the ability to do something similar to what you have done, uh, which is amazing, and that is uh, a person like me can preach your holy word live to an audience and with the great help of my son Daniel Ezekiel especially but all of my children have done it in the past put it in as a podcast and it can be heard uh, around the world on demand uh, and um, and we'll stay there until you come if no one evilly takes it down um, and, and and that's that's an ability that you have that you have loaned to man and loaned especially to the church to get the gospel out and that ability is to be able to do something one time and have it to go out in multiple ways and uh, continue to do what it did originally to different audiences at different times of the day. It is a system that you, because you operate by systems, you gave us a system to do something similar to what you have done when you created the universe. You created it, you set it, and you did not forget it but it runs automatically because of your words and your power. You don't have to get up and do something every day to make it swirl around. <clears throat> and that is a God-like ability that you've given to us to get your gospel out in the world. While I am sleeping, there could be uh, hundreds of people listening in other parts of the world like I am live. So thank you, Lord, for this technology. Thank you for sharing your genius with wicked, evil human beings and uh, allowing us to get your gospel out to every nook and cranny of the world in these, what some believe, last days. Uh, Lord, is all you, and we give you the glory, praise, and honor. And, uh, and we thank you for your genius. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for your mercy, your love, and your grace. Your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and what you did there, Lord, his death, his burial, his resurrection for us is beyond genius. We can't get over it even now. Lord, some people take it for granted, but some people don't. Your true born-again ones don't because it is the most remarkable thing that has ever happened, the greatest thing that has ever happened in the history of the universe outside of your creating the universe and creating universe from nothing and so Holy Father God thank you for 
your mercy, love, and grace. Your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Word. And for all of the millions and the many and the manifold blessings that you have bestowed upon us. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you once again this morning. Thank you for leading me to pray in an earlier service this morning. And I pray once again and I thank you for salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings that you have bestowed upon us all. And uh, Holy Father God, Lord, we individually, for those of us who are saved in my uh, wicked and evil and feeble family, and in this audience and around the globe, for Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive us of our sins, our failures, and our faults as we from our hearts, by your grace, forgive those who have sinned against us. Wash and cleanse our hearts, minds, souls, spirits, and consciences in the precious blood of Christ. And make us, Lord, to be whiter than snow on the inside. Crush and crucify, Lord, our wicked flesh as your saints. And, Lord, help your saints not to pray with me. It's not enough for them to agree with me in my prayer. But they need to pray as well. And those who are participating right now and who will participate give them a mind to pray. They don't have to pray as long as I do, but Lord, give them a mind to pray the prayer that you want them to pray. Uh, crush and crucify our flesh and the old man within us and fill us all with the fullness, the power, the unction, and the anointing, the fruit, and the liberty, Lord, of your Holy Spirit. <clears throat> to love right, to live right, to think right, to do right and to act right and to do that which is pleasing in your sight. Holy Father God, allow me to pause a minute and thank you for allowing me the blessing of living in a peaceful, quiet, and safe community. So quiet, it is the quietest place I've ever lived in. So quiet, 24 hours a day, we don't hear anything, even with the air condition off. And uh, I thank you for blessing me, Lord, to be here and to live in this not only safe community, but quiet community. Uh, I have cherished it for as long as I have lived here. And I give you the glory, praise, and honor. I thank you, Lord, for the people who keep it quiet. I thank you, Lord, for my neighbors who are quiet and uh, and I just am so thankful for that and for the people who uh, keep everything so uh, wonderful, beautiful, and uh, clean around here. And Holy Father God, uh, I pray that you'll help even the people participating in this service to be thankful for the blessings that they have and not to take them for granted. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, that you will deliver each and every one of us uh, saved in my family, in this audience, in this country, and around the globe, in the audience that will come later on today. 
and deliver us, Lord, from temptation, evil, and sin today. Grant us your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to walk in the power of your Holy Spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Uh, Lord, uh, to love right, to live right, to think right, to do right, to act right, to put up with devilish people right, understanding that we do not wrestle with flesh and blood. Lord, help them to realize, uh, particularly my wife and her family and my family, to understand that they're already defeated because you're the one defeating them and to give up and to stop trying and striving to hinder the ministry, to hinder the gospel. They have failed. My wife has failed for 34 years and you're the only one who could sustain this winning streak over the devil and over her foolishness. And Lord, I pray that all of my children would overcome the fact that they never had a loving, godly mother who loved them and cared for them. And, uh, uh, and get over it like I got over it, over the confusion in my family that I was raised in and use what I learned to be a blessing and help to others by your hand, by your power. And now, Lord, no doubt over a million young people have read my books, Letters to Young Black Men, Letters to Young Black Women, Letters to Young Black Women, that was born out of the pain of growing up in a family that was not done biblically. And I basically parented these young people in the way that I should have been parented. And I thank you for the pri privilege of putting that in practice uh, with my own children. And my daughter, Danny, being the oldest, has done pretty much everything I wrote in that book uh, and did it before the age of 30. And I do believe that she's pursuing her Ph.D., if not, uh, or she already has it, uh, close to it. And uh, the rest of our children are implementing the, these things as well. And uh, these things have made them extraordinarily successful in their lives before they left home, uh, impacting the world for you. I, like I don't think any family has done. Lord, I would be shocked to learn of a family that has done more to further the gospel than our family uh, by your grace. Uh, and they've already done great things. They've already done things in their youth that grown people, 50, 60 years old, have never done, have never thought about doing. And some have thought about it, but they didn't succeed. All of them have written books. Uh, my children who are uh, the first three children uh, and the others are following them to travel around the world and uh, all of that and to get their education as well. So I give you all of the glory, the praise and the honor for you are the one who used my pain from growing up in a hellacious uh, disobedient environment uh, without knowing you as Savior and but and everybody being religious but lost 
and no real training going on you took that and led me to write those two books and other books to help young people to find their way uh, and I thank you for how they took off I give you all of the glory praise and honor and so Holy Father God I pray now uh, that you will help those of us who are saved to be humble to pray to seek your face and to turn to repent of our sins, to turn from our wicked ways, and to get back to you, our first love, for those of us who are saved. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the complete salvation, for the salvation of my wife, Marika White. Uh, I've done my part in giving her the gospel privately and publicly for 34 years. Uh, she is religious but lost. Open her blinded eyes and stop her deaf ears. Help her to lay aside her pride and help her to get saved. I pray the same for her mother and her aunts. No matter how much they say they are saved, they, they do not act saved. I pray for my mother and my sisters and all of our family members. We all have been steeped in religion all of our lives. Uh, but not born again. So because born again people will strive to obey you. They may fail sometimes, they may falter, but they will get back up and you will chastise them for their sins so that they will learn the lesson of obedience. And, uh, and I know for a fact that you do that because you did it with me. Uh, I'm not doing things today uh, that uh, I used to do, not because of my dad chastising me, not because of my mother chastising me. It is only because you chastised me. Uh, I was proud and rebellious and stubborn even after I got saved and you had to corral me and take me to the woodshed. And as you know, Lord, I count it as a born-again, born-again experience, my second experience of being born again, learning the lesson of obedience and how that you bless that. And as I have told my wife recently, uh, one of the reasons why I know she's not saved is because she's never learned the lesson of obedience. Before this service this morning, she was disobedient and disrespectful and not submissive. Oh, she is right now in the church service, but after this service, she's going to do the same thing and uh, have a nasty attitude and blow and roll her eyes and all of that, which she's been doing for 34 years. And uh, uh, she has never learned the lesson of obedience like many people in my family and in this audience and around the world. I believe she has not learned it because she's not saved. And uh, uh, and not only that, she has not learned and many people have not learned that you bless obedience and you will not bless disobedience. You never have, you're not doing it now and you never will, contrary to, to the false teaching 
that has been going on for the past 50 to 60 years on TVN and uh, on um, Daystar and, uh, and, and, and through the charismatic prosperity gospel movement. It has been a hodgepodge of mess. And every, but every born-again child of God and those who still have their anointing, they know that they cannot be blessed by you if they are sinning against you. For you said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And you have things in place and ways about you that you can get our attention real good for those of us who are your children. And I thank you for it. And I thank you for the chastisement you put on me to help me to learn obedience. I didn't learn it from my father. I didn't learn it from my mother. I didn't learn it from my grandmothers. I didn't learn it from even my first pastor, even though he tried, my first real pastor, even though he was the only one who tried to do so and who confronted me about my pride, my stubbornness, and my rebelliousness. It took you to break me and to make me and to mold me and to, to understand that I need to, uh, if I'm going to serve you, I need to obey you. And that's, it stuck. After you got through chastising me, it stuck. And I th and you also produced in me something I never had before, never thought of. And that is a serious fear of you. I read about it, but I didn't, I didn't buy into it. Uh, and I have a fear of you, of what you can do and what you will do if I don't do what I'm supposed to do. I have a reverence for you. That's, that's all you, it's not me. I'm not a good person, as you know, Lord. But uh, it's all you. You're the one who produced that. And that's the only reason why I am with my wife of 34 years today. I don't fear her. And if I lost her, quite frankly, uh, Lord, as you know, I would not be losing much because she has not been a good wife nor has she been a good helpmate, and worst of all, she has not been a good mother. And so she could leave any time she want to. My life will not miss a beat. Um, uh, I would miss the sex. That's the only area that she has helped me with. Uh, and I would miss that, and, that's, and, and to me, that's worth keeping her. Uh, but... Uh, that's the only reason I am still married and not and did not do like most other guys have done and go get me another young sweet thing and uh, because I fear you I fear what you would do to me I fear losing your anointing I fear uh, you're not blessing me anymore I fear you're not using me to the level you have used me since you chastised me. So Lord, help people to understand the importance of truly being born again and responding to you when you chastise us. Uh, it, is, it is the second most important thing you've ever done in my life uh, outside of getting born again and saved. <clears throat> so Holy Father God, help your people to learn obedience through the things they suffer and not to rebel against it and not to lie about it, saying it is a trial when they know they're getting their behinds whipped by you. 
So, Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, I pray that you will uh, lift our burdens, understanding, Lord, the things that I'm getting ready, the series of things that I'm getting ready to pray about. Thank you for showing us and teaching us through your servant Paul, and of course through our Savior Jesus Christ, that in this world you shall have tribulations. But be of good cheer, uh, I have overcome the world. And then your servant Paul said, I take pleasures, I take pleasure rather in infirmities and tribulations and persecutions. And Lord, I pray that you'll help me to bring that out even more later on tonight. If you tarry your coming and if you allow us to live to see tonight. And uh, so with that, Lord, I pray that you will... Uh, whatever burdens and cares that we do have, lift all of our burdens, cares, worries, and anxieties, and troubles, problems, and fears, no matter what we're facing, and help us to be of good cheer and to take pleasure in them. Deliver us, Lord, from all of our uh, afflictions and distresses, tribulations, troubles, trials, temptations, tests, and tensions. But Lord, help us to have pleasure in them if you want them to stay in our lives. And Lord, help us to always be of good cheer. And Lord, I thank you for putting that in my spirit for years, even though I did not connect it like I'm connecting it now. And so, Holy Father God, deliver us all who are uh, saved, deliver us from all spiritual and mental and physical, emotional, family, financial, legal, student loan debt, student, student progress problems, and help us to move on. And Lord, I thank you for allowing things to be as well as they are, because they could be worse, and should be worse, because we have not been good to you. And Lord, I thank you for remembering mercy and grace uh, in the midst of chastisement, rebuke, and punishment that we deserve. And uh, thank you, Lord, for uh, making our chastisement and our punishment and the plagues to um, have a long, continuous uh, aspect to it because we're not, most people are not, as I said at the beginning of the plague, in a repenting mood. There are people doing exactly what you said they would be doing at the end of the world. Moving forward, building their buildings, marrying and giving in marriage, divorcing and everything else and going along like nothing is happening and nothing is going to happen. Uh, this, this is the folly of our sinful nature. Uh, uh, this is uh, the result of our sinful prideful nature. We can see the darkness and the dark clouds and still don't take cover. Uh, so Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, grant me your energy, strength, unction, anointing, and the power of your Holy Spirit to preach your Holy Gospel, to preach your Holy Word. And uh, Lord, I also uh, pray that you will protect my family today and all other families in the audience that name the name of Christ especially, and all other Christians in this country and around the globe who truly believe in you. 
I pray, Lord, for the salvation of those who are lost. And I pray that you will bless and protect us from ourselves, our flesh, and the devil, and from the demons of hell, and from evil people in the family, evil people in the church, and evil people in the world. Place, Lord, upon us today the whole arm of God. Surround us with the band of your holy angels and a wall of your holy fire. Cover us and cleanse us through the blood of Christ and make us, Lord, to be whiter than snow on the inside. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and help us to have everything we do and say to be done for your glory, praise, and honor and for the glory, praise, and honor and lifting up of your holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. For we pray it in his name and for his sake. Amen. I'm not crying uh, today. If I were, I would tell you. I'll be crying tears of joy. For some reason, my eyes watered up. I have no shame in telling you that God is the only somebody who can make me cry. Tears of joy. Ladies and gentlemen, I have the high honor and the distinct privilege and the great pleasure to read in your hearing, Thus saith the Lord, the Word of God, the Holy Bible, at 1 Kings chapter 1, verses 21 through 30. Otherwise it shall come to pass when my lord the king shall sleep with his fathers, that I and my son Solomon shall be counted offenders. And lo, while she yet talked with the king, Nathan the prophet also came in. And they told the king, saying, Behold Nathan the prophet, and when he was come in before the king, he bowed himself before the king with his face to the ground. And Nathan said, My lord, O king, hast thou said, Adonijah shall reign after me, and he shall sit upon my throne? For he is gone down this day, and hath slain oxen, and fat cattle and sheep in abundance and hath called all of the king's sons and the captains of the host and Abiathar the priest and behold they eat and drink before him and say God save King Adonijah but me 
even me thy servant, and Zadok the priest, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and thy servant Solomon, hath he not called? Is this thing done by my lord the king, and thou hast not showed it unto thy servant, who should sit on the throne of my lord the king after him? Then King David answered and said, Call me Bathsheba. And she came into the king's presence and stood before the king. And the king swore and said, As the Lord liveth, that hath redeemed my soul out of all distress, even as I swear unto thee by the Lord God of Israel, saying assuredly, Solomon thy son shall reign after me, and he shall sit upon my throne in my steed, even so will I certainly do this day. Shall we pray? No, let's read verse 31. Then Bathsheba bowed with her face to the earth, and did reverence to the king, and said, Let my lord King David live forever. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for your holy word, which is oftentimes dramatic and, of course, always true. And uh, I thank you, Lord, that it is uh, more exciting than any writings of man. And so thank you for leaving it behind for us. Help us to love your commandments, to obey them, to live by them, and to uh, teach and preach your holy word and to preach your holy gospel. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and forsake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family, and some of you are watching me right now, mad as fire, but that's okay. Keep on listening. And to the standing between the living and the dead, prayer, devotional, memorial, family, evangelistic service. My beloved, this is Daniel White III, President of Gospel Light Society International with the Scripture and the Sense podcast, episode 1012. Thank you, Daniel Ezekiel, for helping us to get to this uh, place where we can say over 1,000, where I simply read the Word of God and give the sense of it based on an authoritative commentary source, such as the Bible Knowledge Commentary or the Matthew Henry Commentary.
or some other reputable commentary or study Bible. My beloved, this podcast is based upon Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 8, where it says, Ezra and the Levites read in the book and the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. The aim, therefore, of this podcast is that through the simple reading of the Word of God and the giving of the sense of it, it is my humble prayer that the church would be revived and that the world would be awakened and saved from the wrath of God to come and saved from the eternal burning hell by believing in the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who said the most loving, most magnificent, and most uh, important words ever said in the history of the world. When he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Have you ever done that? Have you ever done what Jesus told you to do? Maybe you did not understand the gospel. Maybe you did not understand why you ought to believe in Jesus Christ. Well, let me tell you. First of all, first of all, in the Holy Bible, God says, God says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means everybody from the Pope on down, from the Dalai Lama on down, from even Joel Osteen, the pastor of the largest church in America, on down, including myself, we are all sinners. That includes you, no matter how gifted you are, No matter how rich you are, it makes no difference what kind of house you live in or what kind of car you drive. It makes no difference how beautiful you are, how handsome you think you are. It doesn't matter how many degrees you have. We're all sinners. We all have a degree in sin, the sin degree. We all have done evil in God's sight by breaking his laws that he gave us for our good. See, God did not give us laws to crimp our style and our personality or to take away fun from us. He gave us the commandments and the boundaries so that we could have real fun and express ourselves the way he made us in a real sense and enjoy the life that he's given to you. And so that makes our sins even more heinous because they were done for our good, and for the good of society and the world. And so we've done evil in God's sight by lying, by stealing, by lusting after people and things, by dishonoring, disrespecting, disobeying our parents, dishonoring God by taking his name in vain, 
by committing adultery, by committing fornication, having sex of any kind outside of marriage, by committing the abomination of homosexuality, whatever the sin is, it is not for your good to sin against God and to do what he told you not to do. And it has hurt you, it has hurt your family, it has hurt the community, it has hurt the nation, and it, is, it has hurt the nation. Sin hurts. Sin causes many problems. And so we have all sinned against God, therefore sinning against ourselves. Then the Bible says the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. This means that we're going to die as our first punishment because of our sinful nature and our sinful choices. Everybody is going to die. Makes no difference who you are. The Bible says it is appointed on the man once to die, but after this, the judgment. And so what God wants you to understand here, yes, God is very loving. He has provided a way for you to escape going to hell by believing in his son, Jesus Christ. For as I have already quoted to you from Jesus, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou you shall be saved. That is the only way of salvation. No, there are not many roads to heaven. No, there are not many roads to God. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. There's only one way under heaven to get to God and that is through Jesus Christ. So, he has made it clear that he loves you. But you must understand that if you, uh, if God will allow you to die from this beautiful place called earth because of your sins and transgressions and your sinful nature, you need to understand, yes, God loves you, but if you do not do what God has told you to do, if you do not obey the words of Jesus Christ, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. My friend, you will, he will allow you to go to hell, to burn forever. Jesus Christ preached more on hell to warn people because he loves people than anybody in the Bible and, 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 and most people living today. Hell is a real place, just like New York City is a place, just like Chicago is a place, just like London is a place. Hell is a real place. And you will go to hell if you do not believe in Jesus Christ and call on his name and pray and ask him to save your soul. 
And so, dear friend, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou, you, shall be saved, and you will not perish. That means go to hell. Rather, you will have everlasting life. This is a free gift. Having a church membership certificate will not save you. Having a baptismal certificate will not save you. Taking communion will not save you. Speaking in some unknown tongue is not the evidence of salvation. Running around the church and shouting is not the evidence of salvation. Being a faithful church member, giving money to the church, shaking the preacher's hand, helping people will not save your soul from hell. The only way for you to get saved, the only way I got saved, is by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, not by religious activity. Because Jesus Christ did not die in vain <clears throat> for you to get saved by some other means. He is the Lamb of God, John the Baptist said, who took away the sins of the world, so therefore you must believe in Him. You must trust in Him. You must pray to Him and ask Him to save you from hell and save you to heaven, which you do not deserve and I do not deserve. So if you're willing to do that, if you're willing to simply believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that He suffered, he bled and he died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God. And call on his name and ask him to save you. For the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Follow me in prayer. Follow me in the sinner's prayer and repeat after me phrase by phrase, believing in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, and for mine, and for the entire world. Repeat after me phrase by phrase, and mean it from your heart, believing in your heart, in Jesus Christ. Holy Father God, I realize and I admit that I am a sinner, and that I have done evil in your sight, by breaking your Ten Commandments and committing many other sins repeatedly in your sight. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. Please forgive me of all of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul today. For I believe in you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to change. Help me to repent of my sins and help me to follow you in the newness of life. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake, amen.
Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart in Jesus Christ, who said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, that means you will not go to hell, but have everlasting life, that means you will go to heaven. We, none of us deserve to go to heaven, so that's why salvation is a free gift. It is done by God's grace and mercy because he loves us. And so, dear friend, uh, if you have done that, according to the Bible, the Word of God, the words of Jesus Christ, you are now saved, and you're on your way to heaven by the grace of God. Now, to help you grow in the faith, please go to Gospel Light Society and click on the book uh, titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. This book will tell you everything you need to get started right in the Christian life so that you can grow into the Christian disciple that God wants you to be. Also, email us at dw3 and gospellightsociety.com or whatever email is on your platform. Let us know that you got saved by the grace of God and uh, so that we can rejoice with you. And also, uh, if you have uh, any questions, ask those questions. Or uh, you have a prayer request, send, send that in and we will pray for you until you tell us to stop. And we have other material that we can send you and, and so forth. But I would urge you also to go to Gospel Light Society Podcasts, just type that in, and it will lead you to hundreds of podcasts that are designed to help you to grow in the faith. And we thank God that that is available for you, free of charge. And uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, we come to a junction in our service uh, where we go back to the Bible study uh, already in progress, the Scripture and the Sense Bible study. For those of you who just prayed that prayer and you just got saved, this will be your first official Bible study in your newfound life with Christ. Today, my dear friends, we are reading in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, 
saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, that was Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Now here is the sense of it with the help of the Holy Ghost and the BKC, the Bible Knowledge Commentary. Though not all scholars agree on the timing of the arrival of the, what some call the Magi, the wise men, <coughs> pardon me, from the East, they apparently came sometime after the birth of Jesus Christ. Jesus and Mary and Joseph, though still in Bethlehem, were now in a house. And Jesus was called a child rather than a newborn infant. The exact identity of the Magi is impossible to determine, some scholars say, though several ideas have been suggested. They have been given traditional names and identified as representatives of three groups of peoples that descended from Noah's sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. More likely, they were Gentiles of high position from a country, perhaps Parthia, northeast of Babylon, who were given a special revelation by God of the birth of the king of the Jews. This special revelation may simply have been in the sky, as might be indicated by their title, Magi, or Specialist in Astronomy, and by the fact they referred to a star which they saw, or this revelation, could have come through some contact with Jewish scholars who had migrated to the East with copies of Old Testament manuscripts. Many feel the Magi's comments reflected a knowledge of Balaam's prophecy concerning the star that would come out of Jacob. Whatever the source, they came to Jerusalem to worship the newborn king of the Jews. According to tradition, three Magi traveled to Bethlehem but the Bible does not say how many there were. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for this time together around your amazing word. Have it to deepen our faith and strengthen our faith and cause us to obey your holy word, to live by it, and to apply it to our lives. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. I believe that we're in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33. Uh, 
but uh, we're going to go with this uh, because that verse deals with the husband and the wife and Lord willing we'll, de we'll deal with that tomorrow. Allow me to read in your hearing as we move to the family segment to what I call the um, family verses or the family commandments to everybody in the family. These words are not suggestions. These are words that God expects you, male and female, and children, to obey. Now, if it was automatic, like some of you people want to believe, that romance, you know, has got some kind of magical, spooky thing, you know, people talk about uh, love at first sight and all of this foolishness and I'm in love and I, I felt like I was in love with him or I am in love with her and all of this foolishness, people. That's all foolishness. Being in love does not mean anything. It's just a feeling that you get. This is about God's love. The love that God is talking about here is a stable love. It's not flighty. It's not up and down. It's not based upon emotions. It's not based upon how you feel. It's the God kind of love which is strong and solid and, 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 and it's in people who are born again and saved. If you were so in love, why did you get a divorce? Why are you divorcing? If you're so in love, why you don't have sex regularly? I, I, I keep bringing that up right there because you sweet evangelicals and Protestants and uh, charismatics act like you don't have sex. And most of you don't. That's why you're so horny and you, 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 you get off on watching pornography or you get off on trying to get a rendezvous with Deacon Bo Peep or Deaconess Sylvia. You're, trying, you're lusting after them. You want them. You're trying to get them to do what you want them to do to you. That, that's, why we have a, that's why we've had a bunch of mess in the church down through the years. And it's easy to do. I'm not talking to you and telling you what I think. I'm telling you what I know. It's easy to fall off into that. This is why we got pastors with uh, other men's uh, wives' telephone number. And, and she has his number. See, the reason why the Matt Chandler situation uh, was handled the way it was, which was, I think, a good way, is because they were both asking for trouble. <clears throat> and anybody who has any sense, and some of us as sweet evangelicals don't act like we have sense sometimes, knows, don't, don't talk stupid talking about we. See, around here in this church, you know, we believe in being brothers and sisters. We are brothers and sisters through the blood of Christ, man, but we're not blood and sister, uh, brothers and sisters like that, man. Don't talk stupid to me. Uh, it's too much of that. 
and that's why so much adultery has happened over the past 60 years or more in the church. Thousands of folks have gotten into trouble at church with church folks. Partly because many of the people are not saved. Partly because you believe in certain things politically. You believe in certain things that... that uh, that uh, Christians as a group believe in. So once you take care of all the spiritual stuff like that, you're in a danger zone because when you have all of that in common and you like the way she smiles, you like her hips and all that, you're in a danger zone. And you, you like how she talks to you, unlike your wife, because she knows you probably better than she does. And she smiles at you like she doesn't smile at her husband. You see? And so before you know it, and that happens every time y'all you see each other at church and you and those of you who let your husband and wife kiss one another, which all this kind of that's devilish. That's stupid. You know why there's so many homosexuals among the uh Mennonites and even the Amish? Because they they, 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 they they took that kissing men too far. The brotherly kiss and all that. Uh, nope. And I told I told some men that that's going to cause your children to be homosexuals. Be kissing. Because y'all have taken it too far. Y'all kiss on the cheek. And then you can. Both y'all got beards and kiss on the lips too. Something is wrong. And something's going to happen real bad. And that's why a whole Mennonite denomination has voted to become homosexuals. Inclusive. I, I I I even went to church with some Mennonites to try to, you know, see what they're about and so forth and and everything. And I I did business with some Mennonites and, and in fact it was the Mennonites who helped made my book Letters Young Black Men, uh, a best-selling book, a, a perennial bestseller. We have lived off of the sales of that book as a family. You hear me? They're great businessmen. You never know it. They 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 don't brag about it. And they don't they don't want you to know it. But they are millionaires. They may have a piece of straw in their mouth and some overalls on, and the women dressed in the same color dresses, and it has a white they have a white cap on their head. They look very holy, but they're millionaires. Many of them are millionaires. Millionaires. I didn't say thousandaires. I said millionaires. But they, 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 they got some issues. They, uh, one thing, they, they would not use the computer. They thought that was of the devil, but they always want to come and use my computer. They want to come to my house and disturb my peace. They want to use my computer to buy plane tickets. They can go anywhere they want to. They got their own money. They don't need, they don't need to go on deputation and raise money. They have businesses, and they use the money from the business to go to Mexico and plant churches and build buildings and everything else and and they're gifted at building stuff they have a lot going on and I learned a lot from them I did I in fact I what I learned from them was the power of having a family business I learned that from them but I had I, I rebuked them about some of the how y'all carried yourself, you know, you men, I asked, I asked several men, why are you not married? How old are you? How old are you? 
36? Where's your wife at? And where's your wife at, too? Y'all travel together. What's going on here? Uh, they were getting, getting ready to set me up real pretty. Oh, yeah, they were, they were going to set me up real good, man. And if I had shut my mouth and, and didn't raise some questions, they, 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 I, I would probably be a millionaire myself now. That's a fact. But because I, I questioned, I questioned two of the guys who own one of the companies that made my book a bestseller. Bestseller. I mean, I mean, they were ordering books, man, left and right, all over the country. If I told you the name of the company, company, you know it. Choice Books. They spread my books all over the country, man, and made it a, a perennial bestseller. And I thank God for that. I mean, God will use the devil to do stuff for you. And they're nice people. But I, I, I just had some questions. I said, boy, before we go any further, why are you not married? You're 36 years old. Where, where's your wife at? That's not a good enough answer. What, what? And then the guy that would ask him, where's your wife? When you get married? Oh, I'm supposed to be getting married in the, in the next year sometime. Okay. See, they got offended at my asking their questions. I'm talking to you man to man. To man. I don't care about you being... A millionaire, owner of a company, and uh, you know how much money you can pay me. And then the guy that I was working with more closely, he was married, praise God. And because uh, we, you know, we had to get up early in the morning and do some things, and uh, and we traveled together because of the distance that. We lived apart, uh, one from another, and uh, uh, he was married, had a nice wife, and I said, okay, this is all right. And I, I asked them, and I, I know this is what happened. They, he told them what I asked him. I, I thought we were on the same side, man. I asked him while we were traveling around, why are these guys not married? What's, what's up with that? I know you married. You cool, I'm married, oh yes, we cool. What, these jokers, because they were all, you know. I detected some, you know, being effeminate. And they got offended. And he, he went back and told them. That's one of the reasons why they didn't set, set us up like they were planning on doing. The married man went back and told the single guy, he actually, he asked, actually about it. They may have asked him, did he ask about that again? And the situation didn't work out. You know why this mess happens? Raising your boys to be kissing a boy on the cheek and all that. And then uh, one of my, my dear brother, dear brother, he was dear brother. And he had a great wife and had many children. He was a multi-millionaire. And it was a blessing to us, blessing to me and my family. But when he greeted the brethren, not me. Not Danny B. Because he, I said, no, 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 no. He said, uh, uh, he asked me one time, uh, one day I'm going to kiss you. I said, no, you're not, Negro. Uh -huh. And he was white. I said, no, you won't. Not me. You will never kiss me. That would be your last time trying to do something like that. And, uh, <laughs> but I saw him. I saw him. He kissed one brother. He kissed a brother on the cheek on this side. On that side, and then they kiss on the other side. Oh, you, 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 you,
We can't. We can't. How can you walk together? That should be agreed. And and now, see, that's that was like twenty years ago, and now the whole denomination is a homosexual inclusive denomination. And I warned them back then. That's what's going to happen. Your children are, and and one of his sons acted acted effeminate. And I, I I told my son, don't you don't you get around his son. Don't uh, something wrong with that boy. I surely did. And that happens in churches with men and women. All this kissing her, uh, politicians. You got some nasty man kissing your wife on her cheek. You got to be kidding me. Nasty, filthy man's mouth on your wife's cheek, man. That's nasty. And 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 she kissing uh, kissing him back. Uh-uh. I have never believed in that foolishness. I don't give a doggone man who you are, pastor, brother, friend, bishop, whoever. Don't you kiss my wife, man. And I don't want to kiss your wife. That's nasty. That's filthy to me. And you should not want anybody to kiss your wife with all these germs running around here. Uh, uh-uh, that's no brotherly love. That's uh, that's no brotherly love to me. That's brother to get your behind whip. <laughs> I don't believe it. I don't believe in all that hugging either. You hug your own wife. You hug your own husband, man. That's what God gave you, the wife and husband. Not in this day and time. Maybe that might have been okay back in back yonder when people had pure hearts or whatever. But not today. By the way, it's in a news story right now. It's terrible. The janitor. Watch these janitors. The janitor was finally caught on camera Instead of him cleaning up, he would get people's cups, pardon me, and water bottles, and piss in their cups at this job. Don't get mad at me about the word piss. It's in the Bible. Shut up. And uh, he would piss in their water bottles and piss in their cups. I don't know why. The man would do something like that. Now a woman has a venereal disease from that from drinking that water that he urinated in her cup. See this is another reason why you better get married and you need to have sex with that person and nobody else. Because some of you who are raised right and you know better, you go out there and mess around one time and have and get a venereal disease that you will never get rid of. And that, that's going to mess up your life for a long time. So anyway, husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. As I said last night, husbands, that's a commandment. It's not a suggestion. And if it was automatic, like you romantic people like to talk about, oh, I just love her so much. Oh, I'm so in love with him. I'm so in love with her. It's all bull, people. Because why are you not still married if you're so in love? My wife and I, we've never been in love. It's only God's love working through me that has kept the marriage together. I've never been in love with any woman including her, I don't, uh, I don't believe in that. 
that means nothing. The only love there really is is God's love. All of you romantics, you can't produce love. You can't fake love. You can't make up love. I'm here to tell you the only real love in the world that counts and that matters and that's going to be there for you is the God kind of love. So that's the commandment that God wants you to obey. And, it, and God will help you through the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're not saved, you can't do it. God will help you to do it. And God will help you make the choice to do it. It is love is more of a choice. I'm not together with my wife because she's a wonderful wife and mother. I'm, I'm with my wife because I choose to love her. By God's grace. It's only God, man. It's not me. Because if it was up to me, I would have been gone a long time ago and got me a young sweet thing. A long time ago. Okay? But I fear God. And I fear what Jesus Christ said. And that's the problem with some of you people. You don't fear what God said. You, you want to believe what you want to believe. You want to do what you want to do. Some of you are lost. Some of you are saving you know better. And you're miserable. Because Jesus Christ made it clear. If you really don't have grounds for divorce. Biblical grounds for divorce. Which includes adultery. And I believe it's gross adultery where you're just all caught up with somebody else and, and so forth and so on. Uh, for most women can forgive one instance. Most men will not if they really are a man and they don't have any uh, sugar in their tank. Most men can't bear that, can't do that like women can. But whatever the case, Jesus made it clear Make sure you have grounds. Because if you get married, I mean, you get a divorce and get married to somebody else, you're living in adultery. Now, let me, let, me, let me help you again because you haven't heard it enough from me. Now, what that means to me is, yes, God will forgive you of the initial adultery. God will forgive you of committing fornication or adultery. Yes. If you do it again, he'll forgive you if you ask for forgiveness. God forbid. But let me help you. Once you get a you get married, you get a you get a divorce and you remarry, what God what Jesus is saying to me, you're going to be living in adultery if you didn't have grounds. By the grace of uh, by the grace of God, uh, as far as I know, I don't have grounds. If I had grounds, I would have divorced my wife a long time ago. But as far as I know, by the grace of God, I don't have grounds. And I'm not going to go out here and get married to somebody I want to get married to and be living in adultery. Living in adultery. That means you, you, you have not repented. I believe there are many people who, can, who have gotten married, remarried, and they're living in adultery. If they have no compunction about that. They have no conviction about that. I believe, I believe that they're lost and on their way to hell. If that does not bother them. I have never gotten a divorce. And it, it would bother me. Yes, God will forgive you of your sins. But I don't see how 
you are going to be getting forgiveness if you're living in sin, you're living in adultery. That's what Jesus said. I don't, see, I don't see where the forgiveness is going to come in while you're still living in adultery. What you need to do is repent, go back to your first wife or husband or whatever, if you can, and give that woman back to her husband or that man back to his wife or whatever. Or to, to her wife, rather. God forbid. You do what you want. I don't want that. And see, the reason why I, God fixed my heart in such a way, the reason why I don't want it, is because I like being blessed. I like the privileges that God has given to me. I like being able to do what I'm doing right now. I like God's favor. See, I don't, uh, I'm not going to, I fear that. You say, well, I think, preacher, you're looking at it wrong. Well, so be it. I don't want to do it. It's in my heart not to do that. And, and, and uh, if that was the case, I would have been gone a long time ago from my wife. I believe that once you make that commitment to God to get married to your spouse, come hell or high water, you need to keep that commitment to God. Now, if they go away, like in the case of Charles Stanley, uh, and, and, and forsake the marriage and all of that for foolishness, because that man didn't do anything for her to do that. Tomorrow she, she wanted him to spend more time with him. Huh? Well, I mean, come on now. I, I'm, I'm, I was called to preach before I met you. I have a job to do. And they were, they were married at that time 40-some years. So what are you, I asked even back then, because I was flying out of Atlanta as an evangelist back in those days. I, I thought it was total foolishness, foolishness and bull as soon as I heard it. He just does not spend enough time. Woman, you've been married for 40 years. See, all of this selfishness, and, and some of you women don't like this. You want the man to be your servant and not God's servant. See, uh, you, 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 you want to possess all of his time. You're possessive. And you, you want to be the center of his attention. You can't stand not being the center of his attention. You know why? Because you're caught up in this romantic foolishness. Life is not a Harlequin romance, woman. See? And, and, and I, 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 as soon as I heard it, I said, this is, nothing. this is nothing but a satanic attack against this man of God. You're talking about he does not spend enough time. You all have raised children together. He's put you in a nice house. And, and giving, giving you a great life, and y'all, you all have been married forty something years, and y'all, y'all are not spending. He's not spending enough time with you. You know what I say to women like that? Find something to do, woman. Get, get you a hobby, do something, uh, and be a blessing to your husband. Stop letting the devil use you. Get over yourself. That's the reason why. Joyce Myers has been so blessed. She's been through hell and back. And she has come back to tell you women, get over yourself. You're selfish. You want somebody to pay you attention all of the time. People have jobs to do for God and for other things, man. You're selfish. You're only concerned about yourself and what you want. And you try to corral the man to be like you. And then once you make him like you, you can't stand him. 
Then you're looking for Bo Peep. Because Bo Peep can care less about you. He just wants you to open your legs up. That's it. See, you don't like to hear the truth. See. And that's why the families are messed up. That's why the church is messed up. Because everything is controlled and run by the women and what they want. And it's, it's time for that to come to an end. And I have men greater than myself saying the same thing. Now, they're sick of it. Every, you cannot run a church like that. You cannot run a family like that. With women running everything and controlling everything. Now, watch this. Let me help you. It doesn't bother me to see the women be free and do whatever they want to do. And I'm happy for them, humanly speaking. I'm happy for the black women who I heard even some this morning talking about we were, you know, we were suppressed and so forth. And now we're rising up. We got a black judge and got a black vice president, female black president, black. Blah, blah. They happen to be married to white men. Nobody says anything about that, but that's, you know, that's fine. They, they would be saying a whole lot about it if Obama had a white woman. Everybody would. You people are hypocrites. Phony. And they, they don't, people don't you, don't, you don't even get it. They, 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 this is all by design. They don't want a black man to be married to the black female, or white uh, female vice president, or the, uh, the black judge. Nobody. They don't, it's not going to work. See, that's why they do that. That's why the first black, so-called first black president was half white. It's all by design, people. They're, great, they're black men greater than Obama and would not have done the foolishness that Obama did. But black people in America so have such a slave mentality, they think Obama was the, is the greatest thing since coffee. And, and he's not at all. He did more for the homosexuals than you black people who descended from slavery. He didn't descend from slavery. He was a slave owner, I mean a slave seller, his family. So don't give, don't give me that. It's foolishness, people. It's all designed by design to make it acceptable. Everybody, I mean, anybody who has sense knows this. Let's see. So, but George Myers is telling, let me tell you something. One of the most phenomenal things that have come down the pike in the Christian church over the years is when God gave Joyce Myers this theme of enjoy everyday life, especially towards you women. Joyce, Joyce is not trying to preach to men. She's not. And her family is intact. She's raised her boys. And she has told the truth on herself. She's been transparent. That's why I love her. That's why most men love men love Joyce Myers. Even Southern Baptists. Independent Baptists. Don't tell me they don't. I know they do. And they would have her in their churches if they could hold the people over Beth Moore any day of the week. Don't tell me I know. Joyce Myers has helped more families then a little bit. And then all of uh, then all of the other prophetesses put together. She's not trying to run a game. She's not trying to do that. She's just telling women the truth. 
you know, stop this whining and crying and complaining and, and, and get over it, it, over it and over yourselves. Stop always thinking it's all about you. Stop believing the lies in the churches that are being preached by even male pastors. It's all about mommy. If mommy ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. That's, that's all foolishness. I cast that in hell for the brethren uh, several years ago. Don't go and pull it out. You, you, you men are deceived thinking that you can keep a woman with all that foolishness, buying her everything, and she doesn't deserve anything. She doesn't do her job. Leaves the house with dirty dishes, bed not made, house filthy, children filthy, won't, and won't iron your shirts. Man, you got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. So stand up and be the man that God wants you to be, and let the chips fall where they may. You say, well, I'm going to leave you. Leave. And you put yourself in a position where she can leave. And that you can still have yourself a place to stay. See? And, uh, and once she does that, she's going to suffer the consequences for years to come. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Every morning you ought to pray with your wife and read the Bible with your wife. And I have a wife who is not saved. And I have done that for 34 years. I don't care if she wanted to do it or not. We're going to pray together. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no, for no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ in the church. Let's pray for families, let's pray for others, and let's pray for people who are hurting. Holy Father God, I pray for the healing of all families that name the name of Christ and help people in families who name the name of Christ to stop playing and to start praying and obeying your holy word. Then, Holy Father God, I pray for all of us who name the name of Christ. Please have mercy and grace upon us and forgive us of our wicked sins, of disobeying your great commandment and your great commission, and help us to repent. And then, Lord, we pray, yes, for the millions of people who are grieving and mourning over the coronavirus plague and other plagues and other issues now. Lord, we pray for a few by name. We pray for the family and friends of Maryland resident Justin Lloyd Helms, for the family and friends of Texas resident Rose Lang, for the family and friends of Minnesota resident Victor Jensen. And Lord, we pray for all of the prayer requests that have come in. 
We pray for the thousands of folks who have sent in prayer requests down through the years. And we pray for salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings upon them all, protect them all from the coronavirus plague and other plagues. And uh, Lord, we pray that you would rebuke and bind the devil, his demons and his hosts from them. And we pray now these same prayer requests, uh, these prayers rather, for a few people by name. We pray, Lord, for Marie Grace. Please bless her with the right place to stay where she can live her own life away from people who practice voodoo, witchcraft, and make drugs, and from criminal activity. Please give her peace and justice in her life and surroundings. We pray for Jensen. Please be with him and bless him and save him and bless his family. We pray for Pastor Bushibi. We thank you for the soul saved at Jane's funeral. Thank you, Lord, for the new members at Remois Church. Please heal Sister Dora's knee. Please provide for their every need and provide them with the money they need to pay off all debts. Please deliver all Africa from drought and famine. Lord God in heaven, we pray for the people who have gotten saved by uh, believing in you through the preaching of your gospel from this pulpit. We pray for Kuami, we pray for Yakubi, we pray for Sophia, we pray for Saktiang, and we pray for Amina, help them all to stand strong in the faith and to grow in the faith. We pray, Lord, for those who <coughs> have recommitted their lives to you. They were already saved, heard your word, and repented of their sins and uh, recommitting their lives to you. Help them to grow in the faith and to stand strong in the faith as well. We pray for Sylvester, Suleiman, Tammy, Moffat, and Joni. We commit these souls into your hands. Let your will be done in their lives and in ours. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Help everybody under the sound of my voice to pray without ceasing until the service is tonight and to pray without ceasing afterwards. And Lord, we pray that you will uh, help us to serve you well until we meet again tonight uh, around 7 o'clock or thereabouts. Uh, in Jesus Christ, if you should tarry, in Jesus Christ's name we pray, if you should tarry your coming and if you will allow us to live. Amen. God bless you, dear friends. Until next time, uh, simplify and simple supra, always faithful and always above. God bless you.